Welcome to the Aesthetic Entrepreneurs GSD, the number one podcast for aesthetic and beauty business owners who want to get stuff done and become the entrepreneurs the world needs them to be. Many of you out there are uncertain, overwhelmed, and confused about this thing called business. Where there's uncertainty, we give you comfort. Where there's overwhelm, we create calm. Where there's confusion, we provide clarity. Hi guys, so welcome to Aesthetic Entrepreneurs GSD podcast. Um, today is a really exciting one. It's the interview I did with an amazing guy called Charles Weatherstone. Uh, Charles is a, a absolute genius when it comes to to marketing. Um, some of you will have already used some of the products that he's um, he's he's created amazing campaigns for. One of them being um, Juvederm Ultra, which went from launch to global leading um, hyaluronic acid filler in in just eighteen months. Um, Chaz. Uh, as he likes to be known, is a really good friend of mine, and I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing him on our recent um, GSD digital event. So uh, settle back, listen up, and um, enjoy some amazing wisdom from a, a guy who really knows his stuff. I've known him for years. We worked together at Allegan. Um, and I'll just quickly, off YouTube, I'll just read you his um, his, his experience. He's done an awful lot so he was uh international marketing manager at novartis head of international marketing at qmed uh, facial marketing director for emea at allegan um global strategic marketing director at ethicon uh, international marketing director for myoscience um chief commercial officer for eternogen um marketing director for be light lightweight breast implants um, Chief Executive Officer for Good Science Beauty and is now currently Chief Marketing Officer for SISAF, as well as doing other stuff. Um, so, yeah, there's from a, a commercial perspective and a, um, I guess, just a little insight. Um, he, as a, as a mentor, he's been incredibly valuable to me because a lot of the way that we have built AE has been based around the lessons that I learned from when we launched Juvederm. And actually I'm still kind of dining out on the data that was created when we launched Juvederm back in 2006. Um, and Chaz was responsible for all of that data collection and insight. Thanks for joining. I, um, I've literally just given people your kind of uh, LinkedIn bio history Oh, you better tell um, me then. What, what have I forgotten? Um, but this just went through everything. I mean, you've been involved in essentially marketing for your pretty much your entire career, from what I can see, and in pharma as well for a large part of it. Yeah. Um, but outside of all of that, I think one of the things that's been very inter- interesting to me, I guess, since we've been working, you know, we've known each other, been working together, is you don't have a particularly traditional view of marketing. Okay. So. It would be interesting just to sort of, it's like, you know, what, it, how, why did you get into it? And what, what is your kind of philosophy around, you know, marketing, building brands, 
you know, building businesses. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, should I go through a little bit of history? Because I think that, that, that explains it. Uh, I hope yeah. it doesn't sound like a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. But, um, I mean, you know, I, I had a very traditional, uh, went into pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical sales, went into marketing. But the big turnaround for me was a product called Lamisol. So now we're in the glamorous realms of fungal nail infections. <laughs> and, uh, it, it was one of my first marketing jobs. And I thought, oh, you know, this, this is great, fungal nails. Um, nobody gave a monkeys. You know, you went, you went to see a physician and they're sort of, yeah, it's just a bit of a sketchy nail. Who cares? And so, you know, we were scratching our heads going, what the hell do we do with this? You know, we, we're under pressure. Um, fungus. Um, tinea pedis, my God, I can even remember the name, you know, is, is a significant thing. And, you know, as a team, we devised, well, we're better, we're better off circumventing the physician and actually going out to patients mm. and telling them what this is. And, um, the, the insight was really around partners. So, you know, it would be wives, husbands, girlfriends boyfriends looking at their partner's feet going that's disgusting can you go and get that sorted out and we did a we did a really simple um dtc campaign in the press which was just literally a finger a, a picture of a, a nail a toenail with a bit of fungus saying do you recognize this if you do go and see your gp they've got mm. something for you and uh, it worked. You know, we, we managed to get GPs on board. They saw it as, as a significant um, issue. And um, that really sparked my imagination and got me into got me into marketing. So I, I think it was it was more about um, how do you execute? You, can, you know, you can build a brand, whatever the brand is, but it's all about brand execution and how do you get it out there? How do you make people care? Hmm. Um, you know, I, I went on, I, I ended up living in Basel for a while in Switzerland, and uh, I was just such a small, tiny fish in this massive behemoth Novartis. And um, that's I was going to all the dermatology meetings and uh, in the U.S., you would walk in and suddenly there was uh, a couple of stands with Ferraris and, you know, Ferraris and Mercedes. And it's like, what is going on here? And that was just the start of the medical aesthetic world. So you go along to AAD and uh, Mercedes was there. And he's like, whoa, what's this weird and wonderful world? And, um, you know, I was intrigued. And so uh, I managed to I applied for a job with QMed in the UK um, and they they were just about to launch a product called Restylane and um, got into that. And, you know, quite frankly, it's the same. It's the same deal. Mm. The the, um, the initial response from physicians to Restylane was, well, I'm going to inject acid in my face. Are you serious? Hyaluronic acid hadn't really been heard about at that point. And again, it was circumventing them. It was going straight to, you know, telling patient, um, telling client exactly what they could get out of this. And then physicians couldn't say no, you know, because they've got patients saying, I, I really want this. 
So mm. I think, you know, I think my approach has always been get the insight of the end consumer, not the person in between. Because that's interesting, because that's when our, our paths crossed, I guess, you know, because at that time um, I was working with collagen. So Zyderm, Zyplast collagen, um, which was essentially, you know, the gold standard for fillers at the time. And then basically we got our asses kicked by Nasher technology. Non, yeah, remember, non, non animal, hyaluronic <laughs> acid, which yeah. that's some bullshit that you came up with, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, you know, the, the, the insights at the time, were people really like collagen. They really like collagen. Mm. But, um, you know, there's a lot of ethics involved, especially in aesthetics. I think I think a lot of consumers um, have a guilt uh, around, you know, they're, they're able to, you know, afford these things, they're able to look after themselves. You know, uh, a lot of people would say, you know, is it real medicine? Mm. um you know is it just my vanity so that there is a lot of guilt i mean i I completely um disagree with that and i'll go into that in a minute um but there is a lot of guilt and one of those big guilt insights was you know animals are suffering for my beauty Mm. and that's something that resonated so you know we did a few groups and every so often you would you know you would hear a consumer saying um, you know, I really like the effect. I really like, you know, volumization. It makes me look younger, but an animal has suffered. So, you know, hyaluronic acid in the, was from an animal origin. It came from rooster combs originally. And we were one of the first um, non-animal um, synthetic hyaluronic acids. And so we, you know, we had to encapsulate that insight in the technology. Unfortunately, it said Nasher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was it Nasher and Chips? Was it, wasn't it? The, the dog, it was a horrible little dog in a cartoon, I think, Nasher. It, it, it worked because, you know, and also that, and I think the fact you didn't need to patch test for HA, um, you know, was that, that was the first, you know, a couple of really <clears throat> big knives in collagen. So, for the practitioners, it, you know, it helped. And obviously, you know, the market started to, to grow and develop. And then, uh, and then, you know, who I was working with in Amed, we, uh, brought in Juvederm and Cornell laboratories. We were acquired by Allegan. And then in South Africa, in, I can't remember when it was 20, I can't remember what year it was, but you know, it was great bar- fun, that one. It was great laugh, yeah. The open barbecue in South Africa, there you are, stood. Mr. Cumed is stood in Allegan about yeah. to help us launch Juvederm. Well, so, I mean, I'd worked for, I, I was the only Brit in, I was the only foreign guy in Sweden working for Cumed. And, uh, you know, I, I was in a an office of 130 people. I, I would, you know, Swedes are amazing. It was an incredible place. I'd walk into a room. Everybody was speaking Swedish. And they, because I walked in, they would all switch to English. It, it was absolutely incredible. But they have um, a mad tax regime, um, 65% tax. And so I couldn't spend over 180 days in Sweden. Otherwise, I would go to the Swedish tax, tax regime. Mm. And, um, you know, after I was missing home, I want, you know, I wanted to start a family. And so I, I, I was looking and uh, I was lucky enough, um, headhunted by Allegan. 
So Allergan were the Botox company. Everything they did was Botox. But they bought a company that had some hyaluronic acid fillers and uh, a company in France. But they weren't anything special. Um, I think they were sold on price over anything else. There there wasn't a value statement in that portfolio. Um, So, you know, I was poached. It was great. I could get back to the UK. Um, And complete culture change. Very aggressive American. You know, the the Swedes, you would sit around and have fika, coffee, every, every half an hour. And have conversations and chats. And it was all very uh, democratic. Mm. Uh, the American thing is, right, Weatherstone, what are we doing? And don't get it wrong. It's, whoa. <laughs> so, um, but, we, you know, we hatched a plan. Um, they bought this small French manufacturing company. We scoured through everything they had. And, you know, interestingly, they had um, a, a very smooth so the first idea was around, you know, how do we differentiate from Restylane? Well, Restylane have been built up on blocks to lift out your skin. Um, it, it, it's a bit of a misnomer. They're all particulate. Mm. But they, they had a they had a, a smooth portfolio of, of, um, of dermal fillers. But they also had, they'd started to put... Um, uh, Oh, God, what's the name of the stuff? Lidocaine. Lidocaine. And uh, it hadn't been approved, but we found a file and we found a formulation in this French company. And so we rapidly and, you know, Allergan regulatory were incredible. They got this approved within three months with a label of 12 months, Mm. you know, based on a small study we did. And... um, that was it. You know, the simple insight was the science of smooth. You know, who wants a lumpy face? I think people were injecting a lot more superficially and trying different layers of injection. And so, again, it was that simplicity of um, simplicity of statement mm. of the core proposition. And we just went, everything was around smooth and didn't really talk about the lidocaine factor. Mm. That that was the surprise. It was. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, you're probably doing a lot of box sets like me, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, you, you sort of think, well, you know, what, what are the three things that really grab me? And, you know, I think there's one about a really interesting, compelling story. Mm. The other one is a, you know, a cast of characters that you can really identify with and you really get into. You know, they're interesting. They're fascinating. But the third one is that sense of, um, uh, you know, un- unknown. The, the, it, I wouldn't say risk. It's more about surprise. And it's the surprise that, you know, that's why I'm, you know, five minutes after the end of the first one, bang, you know, you're there at 3 in the morning, another, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're doing that with Vikings at the moment, hence my amazing <laughs> bit. But, um, no, the, the, sense of, the sense of surprise, sorry, getting back to Juvederm, mm. was that didn't hurt. Mm. You know, I didn't have to use, I didn't, you know, in lips, I didn't have to use a separate lidocaine. But of course, distorts and puffs out the lips and makes it very difficult to work on. 
So we went on the science of smooth, but then all the feedback was, wow, this stuff doesn't hurt. It doesn't sting. So, yeah, I mean, I got lucky. You know, yeah. it was, it, it, and we aligned it with uh, the Botox brand. We bought them both together in look, feel, color. Um, commercially, we tied them together in, you know, legal ways, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, it flew. It absolutely flew. And, of course, you know, the, the final piece is, um, you know, you, you can spend all the time building a brand, but it's about execution. It's about cadence of noise, mm. you know, and that, that's really what Allegan brought to that story. Yeah. Um, and so it's still number one, I think, worldwide. It is. And it, and it, it took, I think, did it take something like 18 months from standing start to global yeah. Leader, something like that. Yeah. Pretty quick. I remember, you know, you know, being in Harley Street. So that time I was product specialist in Harley Street. So it was, you know, jewel of the crown territory. Not, you know, it was the best territory in London. It was the best territory in Europe. And, um, I remember being in one of the workshops and there was, um, I can't remember the name doctor. I think it might have been Michael Prager actually, who, um, did the demo and the demo was we're going to do lips with, with what became smile. And there's you know, no block, no nothing like that. Not even going to use a bit of Emla, just straight in. And you could hear the sort of murmuring. In the room of, <laughs> yeah, you could hear the murmuring in the room of, well, bloody hell, this is going to be carnage. Because I'd seen Restylane injected into someone's lips without any pain relief. And, she, you know, you could see the finger marks in the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> so, and he did, you know, one small bear beach size. Just a little bit and then wait a, wait a little bit and then he went in and yeah. you know she was calm passive and you could hear this gasp in the room but then obviously you know looking at look at the result isn't it smooth isn't it you know it, it's not distorting it's not giving that sort of duck lip that's what we used to pitch against Restylane um but you could see the reaction and at that point there I knew it's like you know you could, I could see the home run being hit out of the out of you know out of the bill out yeah. of the stand- and it wasn't long, I think, because I, I got a little, nice little award for it, but we sold more in, more than Germany in one, one month in, you know, Harley Street sold more than the whole of Germany. We had waiting lists of people trying to get hold of this stuff. Yeah. Um, when, you know, I think one of the things we did, you might have signed off on it actually, was we went into the clinics and if they had the big players and we got their wrestling off them and just. Oh, it- well, we, yeah, I mean, the, the other one, which was a, a, a bit of commercial punch, was uh, we, we wanted to do a comparison study mm. and uh, QMED wouldn't sell us the product So uh, to do a study. Mm. So rather than that, we thought, well, you know, if we're trying to shift product from shelves, why don't we buy back or replace product? That will give us sufficient product to do our JET study. Um, mm. a Juvederm experience trial. And it was the JET study that gave us the 12-month um, um, duration claim. But it, it, it allowed, you know, all of the sales force to go out and say, look, uh, I would like to try this. Well, I can't because I've just invested in, you know, $100,000 in Restylane, maybe not that much, but a lot of money in Restylane. Okay, we will take that from you, replace it. And that went into our trial. So it was, it was, it was cool. It was. We, we had a, 
you know, in, in Europe, we had a really good CEO. Um, you know, he's still my mentor. I, I speak to him, David Endicott. Yeah. I speak to him monthly. Uh, he's now CEO of Alcon. Mm. But, um, you know, great guy. Great guy. Full on American, you know, yeah. sort of, you know, but ballsy. Uh, he's a, he was a real inspiration. And, you know, I think you know, a lot of that success, global success, was down to him saying, you know, being commercially astute and mm. brave. A little mm. harder now, but, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the market's changed massively. Um, and, you know, to sort of, you know we'll, we'll move on from the fillers in a second. But one of the things, again, just looking at um, that story is when – you change the vial size from one mil to 0.55. Again, that had a big impact in the market because. Well, yeah, we had to do that. That that was forced. Um, it, it was because of the viscosity of the product. We could not get that through um, a one mil vial. Mm. So um, because of the size of the lumen, the physics of getting it through. So we, we were forced to put it in 2.55s. But of course, you know, you, you, you always have to look on the, the bright side. And actually, it was an advantage. It gave, gave a lot more flexibility. Um, it means that you didn't have the pressure in the needle, so people could be a lot more accurate. So um, It also meant that I could walk into a clinic and go, one box, two syringes, £250 a lip, £500 a box. Okay. <laughs> was that on the script? I don't know. No, it wasn't. But you know, I, I suppose there are, you know, uh, you know, one of the points and one of the learnings is that around, you know, good story, really good characters, mm. and a sense of surprise, and people come back. Yeah. So uh, you know that can be applied to so many businesses. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of the sort of you know one of the reasons I wanted to, to, to talk to you is because one of the things that I've you know learned from you is that pacing and that story it is it's you know it's it is all about storytelling you know marketing is storytelling how compelling is the story the value proposition as you, you know, as we call it um, and whether you you can apply that from a you know a, a kind of macro level like a, a global Juvederm Ultra campaign even or down to you know, a, a small medium enterprise or a small clinic launching their own proposition for the first time. It's still the same thing. It's, as you said, it's the, what's the story that I'm telling? Who are the cast of characters in this? And what's yeah. the suspense? Yeah. And what I find is people tend to just launch everything in one hit. So it's, sure. you know, here's my product. Here are the messages. It's all about, it does this, this and this, and it costs this and you can get it now as opposed to, drawing that out a little bit and introducing things like character development, you know, signal. What are we talking? If you look how a movie is released, there's a signal at the beginning. There's a teaser trailer or a poster. And if it's a well-known brand like Star Wars or Marvel, you're immediately, you get what's coming. Just yeah. from the iconography. Then say character development. So how do you get people excited about what's going on giving little bits of the story then into, you know, you can book your tickets, but you can't see the movie just yet. Yeah, and yeah. Then the release, but even though the cinema is pretty much dead now, there's you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cinema's dead. But anyway, but you know, but it's it's the same kind of cadence, and that sort of process is what I 
get um, you know our clients to do as well. Yeah, I'd, you know, the, the I, th- I think a lot of time, and you know, certainly with brands, but also businesses. I work with you know a number of businesses now. I'll go into what I'm doing. It's you know slightly different, um, but I, th- I think it's uh, I'm very visual. Whether that's being a Gemini, um, slightly dyslexic. I, God knows, but I, I have to draw everything. Mm. And, um, you know, I think you can get lost in minutiae sometimes. And a you know, big picture is so important. Mm. Um, you know, that's often what differentiates you. It's often, you know, what you bring to the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're, if you're launching a, a, a clinic in a, in a town, you've, nobody knows who you are. You've got that sense of, you know, I can be whoever I want to be and you can launch as I am the biggest thing that's ever happened around here. This is, you know, this is going to be huge. Mm. You know, and I, I just think stick to the big picture. It, it, you know, if you get into two details too quickly, it shuts all your intuition yeah. and your, you know, your ambition out, mm. you know, shoot really big yeah the details will fall into place but never forget the scope of scale yeah because you know if you go in really small you'll end up small but if you go in sort of i you know my ambition is to have 10 of these and you know they're all 10 units they're all operating in the same way you know we've got a magic formula and then you work through what that formula is. I, I think, you know, that that's something that, you know, big global brands, you, you can't be, yeah, we're going to be the biggest in the UK. You know, you, your ambition has to be, we want to be number one globally. And what, and then what does that look like? What yeah. does that look like? Then you break that down, you know, and there's various processes, templates of just really hammering that down, but never forget that, that, top line i mean it's absolutely i think you know it's 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 fascinating i mean you know my, my marketing i suppose head got turned on when i left allegan and like started working you know for myself i became it was very much previously it was very much sales driven and then i had to become a marketer actually really quickly for exactly the reason you sort of said is we we're out there in the world and one of the things i realized very quickly and painfully was things are actually quite easier when you've got a company like Allegan behind you because the doors, the doors open, right? Richard Allegan's here. The doors are already open. If I wanted to create some sort of um, proposition or something like that, I've got funding and I've got a team of people to do it for me. And then all of a sudden that disappears. <laughs> You're on your own. You're like, yeah. shit, it's just me. So you've got to change your story. And I think it took me, in hindsight, I think it took me far too long to realise that, but you realise yeah. as you do. So, so what's next? So, where are you now? So, we've we've gone. You know, oh. you, you, ex- you exited Allegan, and then did yeah. I mean, you know, Allegan. I mean, you know, the 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 pressure of an American organization. I was being asked to move to California, which sounds really nice, but you know, I, I couldn't. I, I then met my now wife, and I didn't want to sort of shift around too much. Um. I, I started my own thing, you know, a, a consultancy. Uh, I went to work for J&J and actually ended up working with J&J for about three years. Um, they were trying to get Ethicon 
um, their surgical division, um, they saw the boom of you know medical aesthetics and surgical aesthetics and wanted to be a part of that. So um, we bought a company called Mentor Breast Aesthetics. It came under Ethicon. And the plan was to feed in, um, you know, uh, we um, licensed a toxin. We had a filler portfolio. Um, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, J&J got hit by hip replacement scandal, mm. Tylenol, and they were just getting sued left, right and center. You know, everybody goes after the company with the biggest pockets. And so they shut it down and just sort of, you know, the, the liability in medical aesthetics for us is too great, especially breast aesthetics. Mm. So, um, you know, ver- various other startups. And then um, I bumped into this guy called Dale and uh, he had a really good idea, a, a lightweight breast implant. So worked with him for some time, and you know we we sold that uh, to um, Polytech, uh, a German company, mm-hmm. um, a sort of reverse merger sell, um, and uh, you know again, you know it's all about insights. We called it B Light because it's very straightforward. We went for the moon in scale, and. Um, no, it worked. It, it was it's uh, that was a, a really interesting ride. Um, but I um, I've always been wanting to work for a UK company and, you know, build a, a, a UK company to to a global standard. And I, I met a group called SISAF. They're in drug delivery. Uh, a very interesting. It's a, a hybrid of uh, lipids and silicon. Um, on the nanoparticles that you pack with your drugs and then it protects them. You can also um, uh, put receptor-specific proteins on the surface so you can target individual cells. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we wanted to commercialize quickly. So rather than being a company that sits around for five years in clinical trial waiting for the big, you know, I was given the task of, right, we, we want product on market within nine months of you starting. So personal care is the easiest way, you know, because there are less regulatory barriers. There's very little technology in skincare. Um, you know, the, the, the best it gets is uh, retinol in liposomes, I think, at the moment. Um, uh, most of the technology is about ingredients rather than getting those ingredients to the right layer of the skin intact. So we we applied what is a a very advanced drug delivery system um, to ingredients like we were using, or we use, um, omega-3. You know, stinks, marine omega-3. I mean, it's high in the EPA and DHA, but, you know, you don't go and wipe that on your face to, you know... it works. It, it, you know, it, it's very good for the skin. Great antioxidants, you know, huge amounts of benefits, but it absolutely honks. So wrapping it up within this technology, taking it into the depth of the skin. So we, we launched a brand called Good Science Beauty. Um, again, very simple. You know, it says what it is on the tin. I think that's important, you know, as, you know, the, the channels are now insta facebook you know they're all social channels so it has to be uh 
photographable. It has to be very clear, a level of boldness in branding. So I would think about that when you're putting together, you know, logo constructs. Mm. It, you know, it needs to work in black and white, rubbish photography, work in all of those circumstances. Uh, we launched this brand. Um, it's done really well. I mean, that's, that's a tough market, US skincare. Oh my goodness. Um, but you know, it, it was, it was getting to a stage where it was being run by Sephora. You know, if you weren't in Sephora, you weren't anything. Now, you know, recently that's all changed. So, um, you know, with pure online shopping, we've done really, really well. And uh, we're, you know, in discussions now with exiting that to one of the larger players. But SciSurf, um, we found with this technology that we can deliver gene therapy, particularly uh, RNA therapeutics. So we are pivoting the whole business now to rare disease with RNA. And we've also just started working with, oh, hang on, confidentiality. Let me genericize this. So currently, RNA vaccines have to be refrigerated mm-hmm. and are very unstable. Uh, we're working with RNA vaccines to stabilize them, to remove con- cold chain completely. Mm. We're also looking at um, oral delivery rather than injectable delivery because we believe we can take um, RNA constructs, RNA sequences through the gut, uh, through the stomach, sorry, so a pH of two to three, and deliver them through the wall of the upper intestine. So, you know, in that way, um, you know, the the challenge, we've got a very sophisticated healthcare system, and we are challenged with a minus 70 cold chain distribution. Mm. If you remember, Botox was a nightmare with cold chain, you know, People would leave it out. You would have a van stuck. It would run out of fuel. Oh, yeah. and, you know, that's in a sophisticated healthcare system. You, you know, these vaccines have to go throughout the world. Yeah. So how the hell are you going to keep something even, at, you know, sort of eight degrees, seven degrees in Yemen, in Ethiopia? It's really difficult, really difficult. So, we have our own portfolio. We're working in um, rare diseases uh, for RNA therapeutics. But the exciting side of this is, you know, hopefully making, um, you know, these new wave of vaccines. It's the new medicine. I mean, RNA can pretty well do everything. And, um, you know, our mission is to stabilize them, to get them out of the fridge and deliver them by tablet. Amazing. So, it's it's really exciting. Yeah, it's a bit of a change from fillers. <laughs> it, well, no, I mean, you know, it, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, you know, the other thing um, I think is is really important, is, and we've seen it now, is to have almost a diverse portfolio. Yeah, you know, because one thing might fall down and another one might come up. Mm. Um, and I think in, in these times, that's really shown through. You know, you, you've seen in retail, you've seen the people who had an online presence and have invested in their online presence have done well. 
everything else is being bought now by the guys who, you know, Boho. Yeah. Uh, they're buying the people who, you know, that's the only trade they knew and they stuck to it and they went down. So for me, you know, you, you've got to diversify. Um, I, I see gene therapeutics and RNA. It's, it's been proven with vaccines now. You know, the first two to come on are RNA therapeutics. Yeah, true. Prior to, prior to that, there were only five approved RNA drugs worldwide. Now, so it's just going to accelerate. But the the problem, the issue that holds that whole business back is delivery. Delivery. Implementation of that. Well, you know, and, and, and I, I'm certainly not a wise master, but this is about, you know, experience and, you know, what people can take away from that. I think in in um, building businesses and in branding, if you sit around for inspiration, you could be sitting around forever. <laughs> I'm, I don't get in, you know, I don't wake up and suddenly I've invented, you know, the latest i don't know I, I just don't get inspired that way um i get irritated by things you know i'm a i'm a grumpy old man <laughs> oh, that really irritates me it really gets on my nerves and i think it's that sort of level of um you know irritation that uh then you start going well how can we get over that you know wh- why do i find this so annoying and there must be a better way. There must be an easier way of doing this. And I think that's when you start really getting into things that, that matter to people. Mm. And and this was, you know, we were a drug delivery company, fairly small. We were doing small partnership projects. And, you know, kept on reading about, you know, the RNA therapeutics. It's the next big thing. But... They're very unstable. You know, they get chewed up by the body instantly. Mm. So they need a delivery technology. And that's when we, we all put two and two together and said, we, this is the route. Amazing. So let's see. Hopefully we're, we're, you know, planning for an IPO by the end of this year. Mm. It, that will, pr- it, you know, um, since we're in lockdown and goes on and on and on, that's probably going to now drift into, uh, mm. 2022, 2023. Um, but, you know, on the back of um, some really good data coming through, we're publishing uh, about five papers in the next um, it, next half year. Um, you know, I think we'll be in a, a strong situation. And, it, you know, it's, it's a great UK science story, actually. It's brilliant. It is. I mean, there's a lots of I mean, the UK science stories. Are, uh, you know, they're everywhere at the moment for, you know, it's everybody wants a bit of what we've got. It's a, it's a part of our essence. You know, it, I, I think, you know, when you're looking at branding UK, mm. um, yeah, it's a bit challenging. I'm not going to get all political. It's not the time or place. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, especially, you know, in current circumstances. But, um, you know, there's a lot of inspiration. We are, you know, at the forefront of science and technology. Mm. Most of it, of course, gets exported to where there's money. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I do hope now, um, now that, you know, we're, we're 
you know, in a post-Brexit, um, that uh, there's going to be a lot more internal funding. Um, you know, we build our own Silicon Valley. We build our own versions of that because, mm. you know, there's the absolute talent out there and innovation to do that. But that would make this whole clusterfuck worthwhile, wouldn't it? Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is, it is a clusterfuck. Um, but, you know, when have you ever had this amount of time to sort of ponder and think? I mean, True. you know, that it, it's one of the, it's one of those things that, um, you know, time was often the things that it didn't have. Time was sitting in an aeroplane, you know, trying to scratch things together. And I think now, you know, if applying that whole thing of, um, you know, how do I diversify? You know, if COVID-20 comes along, I don't want to say when COVID-20 comes along, yeah. but, you know, if this happens again, how am I going to avoid? Because um, it's really tough. You know, I'm not saying this is easy. I, I you know, um, I, I'm, my other project is looking at um, building a climbing wall. So completely out there, but you know something I'm really interested in is there's lots of buildings, and you mentioned cinemas. Um, we're looking at cinemas and you know repurposing potential, you know, because they've got parking, they've got people to turn them into climbing walls. Yeah, and um, I, I think with this time, you, you've got time to really sort of bury into, you know, how exactly can I come out bigger, better, bolder, you know, more strings to my bow. Hmm. That's, you know, what you're saying, that last part, that's really, that's what we've, you know, AE, when the people who are listening to this, we've been looking at for the last sort of, you know, eight months is how do you, you know, to, to diversify your business model, everything, you cannot have everything based around short-term sales. That Those days are gone the days of having a business that just operated are purely on aesthetics or injectables that only made money when people walked through the door, that's done. Now it's, 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 yes, that's obviously going to be some part of your revenue stream, but treatment planning and subscriptions on that lead on to online sales, but then also how your own brand, your, your brand story drives all of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think, um, I don't, I don't like the, you know, it's not the beauty business. It, it's well-being, mm. you know, great believer in, um, you know, again, you know, your look is your brand. Yeah. And um, if, uh, you know, people want to look good, feel good. I know that sounds like a cliche. And, you know, the, the injectables, skincare, supplements, um, they all work towards that. Uh, but, you know, there's look at, you know, what are the big trends going on now? Home exercising, yoga classes, you know, these uh, Pelotons and things have really yeah. taken off. But they're all wrapped into looking good, feeling good. And so, you know, I, I think you can find your affinity groups by working with, um, you know, yoga teachers um you know I, I i i loved the brand the clothes brand lululemon mm. you know i think they did some amazing stuff so they hooked into yoga very quickly 
you know, they had 5,000 people in Central Park all in Lululemon doing yoga things. But it, it was, it's that brand association. And I think the, you know, the looking good, feeling good is a lot broader. Yes. So, you know, I'd actively encourage looking around as, you know, can I, can I tie into yoga groups? Can I do nutrition mm. supplements? You know, how do I keep engaged and that cadence with my customers when I'm not, I'm not allowed to touch them? What else can I do? Yeah, and you know we've got time to think now, and it becomes it becomes really good fun. You know, if if you, you know, that old chaos theory about you know chaos is quite a good thing. Hence, I don't really, you know, I should have a highly organised bookshelf, but you know, I've got, <laughs> <laughs> I've got you know, I've got sort of projects, windsurfing kit and stuff. It, it, it is chaos in here, but. Um, it allows me to follow curiosity and, you know, sort of mentally play and you sort of, oh, well, what if it did that? What if it did that? <laughs> so, um, you know, fun, we, it? yeah, it, it should be fun. Mm. It should be fun. And even when it's gloomy as hell, skinned, you know, no revenue coming in, paying for thing, you know, having to pay for things that I can't actually use, you know, yeah. um, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's painful at the moment. Oh, my God. You know, we, but, yeah, it has given us time as a team mm. to really bury down and say, look, you know, this is now our approach. And, you know, we're talking about the big picture thing. You know, my company now, we are, we are determined to be the first um in the world for oral delivery of RNA therapeutics. Nobody else has been able to do it yet. So it's it's a massive picture. Mm. You know, I'm lucky I can go, right, there's the big picture. Come on, scientists, get on with it. <laughs> Come back to me when you've done it. You're you're now Endicott. Right. Go and do it. And don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm off to the golf course. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I, I always love chat, love talking to you. It's 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 inspiring as well as illuminating. And I think you know, from AE's perspective, you know, you've made me lift my head up a bit and sort of you know, oh, that's very sweet. Not the sort of you know in the UK aesthetics business, but up and scan. And from you know AE, we're looking you know partnerships in Europe. We definitely want to hit the US, and also we're looking at moving into essentially dentistry as well with dental entrepreneurs. So you know. We know, and the team's growing as a result. So everything's kind of, you know, aim high, think big. Yeah. And, you know, that's something I've definitely taken from you and, and also passed down the line. So I'm sure people listening to this are probably hearing things that you've said and gone, ah, that's where he's got it from, little fucker. So um, <laughs> yeah, I'm still dining out on data and insight that you created in 2006. So thanks for that. <laughs> We've had a, had a couple of questions. One um is good science beauty available in the uk i think you've made a sale it, it, it isn't at the moment um we everything can be ce approved uh but we haven't brought it to the uk um our strategy was you know it, again very simple if you make it there you make it anywhere new york new york mm. um you know us is the toughest market but it's one of the loudest markets um, so we wanted to plug it into the US, 
uh, only focus on that market and then look at license or exit of that because, you know, it becomes a little bit jarring being an RNA therapeutic company and then an investor will go or a VC, what's that? (laughs) But actually, you know, the skincare has proven, you know, safety, efficacy in in mass numbers. Mm. So, um, yeah, we're looking for licensing agreements. We're, We're changing things a little bit. You know, we went with, I mean, we've gone with ethical packaging, but it's probably overboxed and overpacked. Mm-hmm. So we want to reduce that. We're, um, we're adjusting the formulation slightly. We're going to add in, um, uh, there's been a lot of call for SPF and vitamin C for day. And we, we had uh, a retinol alternative, but we've done a lot of work with vitamin A now encapsulating vitamin A and localizing it delivering it and so we're going to add to that range so we're we're using this time to just sort of change a few things um and go into a process of you know a potential exit to an expert in that you know we don't have the firepower Mm. i would love to see um you know a group with people on the ground with the expertise in market that can really make that come alive but um Oh, it's phenomenal. I, I, you know, what I should do is send you a box of it so you can go and, you know, test it out because I, I, I've got a whole load. So, you know, if, if, if your gang want to give it a go, it's, it's quite cool. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there'll be, yes, please. There'll be hands going up everywhere. So I will. Yeah, very happy to. We'll centralize that and. Yeah, yeah. That one out. But no, that's absolutely fine. Thank you very much for that. Um, clusterfuck is a great phrase that has never been more appropriate than now. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, necessity is the mother of invention. It's great to hear someone really pushing home that whenever shit hits the fan, there's always an opportunity to find. Oh, you know, and I think that, I mean, you know, it, it's when we pop out of this, um, yeah. we've already seen it once before. There's pent up capacity. I mean, you know, I, I, I've invested in um, with a friend of mine in um, Tony and Guy franchises, a couple of them. So, and it's ridiculous because I can't go anywhere near it. You know, I, I am now. <laughs> uh, but you, you think of the pent up capacity, you know, when we pop out of this, mm. it is going to be enormous. So this is survival mode. And, you know, I know it's horrendous. But, you know, it's also save mode. You know, we can't go out, uh, can't go on holiday. But um, we can buy toys, man. So yeah, I'm good at that. I'm too good at that. GoPro, VR headset. Uh, this, I am balls deep in technology. Yeah, so, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I do think, you know, um, that this, this time um, is a great opportunity to go all right, what can I do? You know, even if it's, you know, you think of the number of shop fronts that are coming up now that are going to be available. Unfortunately, that high street retail is dead. Yeah. But something else can replace it because, you know, it's all still valuable stuff. So, you know, it, it's, it sounds a cliche thinking outside the box, but, you know, you use this time to really think deeply about, you know, when I come out of this, I'm going to capitalize on all that pent up capacity 
and be a lot bigger for it. I love it. And that is a perfect point to end, I think. Um, Jazz, thank you very much. At um, at some point when we're allowed out to go out, we're going to do a physical meetup. You know, we're actually going to have an event. Well, uh, I, I, I would love that. You know, um, I, I've got an ego the size of a bus that hasn't been let out for so long. And, um, you know, I, I miss having an audience. You know, I miss playing off people. Well, um, so I'd love to do that. No, all right. Well, definitely. So Chaz is coming to. We'll be speaking at our next GSD physical GSD meeting. So, um, which will basically be, I think, as much or as little content as we can get away with for tax deductible purposes, and then just a massive party. Um, that's the great thing about hopefully when this when this breaks is you won't be able to move for barbecue invitations or pop up festivals and. You know, I think that whole market's been disrupted as well. I think, you know, the big, massive festivals, I think, you know, all those huge events, they're just going to become micro. Farmers in a field who's got capacity, you know, a couple of live bands and a few tents. You know, <clears throat> that's okay. what I'm seeing over the next five years is just everything just niching down a little bit. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, falling into its own space. I mean, you know, there's all, you know, veganism my, my wife's vegetarian and so I've, I've gone as vegetarian as i can other than weekends <laughs> yeah, but you know again it fits into this you know health and fitness so you know you're going to have vegan cooking festivals well you know those are an opportunity for you know an, another affiliate group there's like-minded people all hanging out so i agree i'm you know i genuinely am excited this has been a horrendous correction. Yeah. But quite frankly, coming out of this, if I, um, you know, don't spend so much time in the air and away from my family, I'm a happier man. So I'm trying to look at things that, you know, how can I reorganize around new normal is a bit over, overdone. Um, but, yeah. uh, you know, things are, things are different. Awesome. Charles, always a pleasure, mate. Thanks very much, and I will catch up with you very, very Have soon. Have a wonderful weekend. Great to talk to you, Rich. All right, mate. Take care. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Subscribe now for tips, insight, and stories to enhance, empower, educate, and elevate your business to new heights.